Hello, welcome to Ignited Youth. We are happy to see you and hope you enjoy our episode today. Connect with us through Instagram at bvcc.youth. If you would like to submit an anonymous question or have a prayer request, please click on the link in the description. Without further ado, here is today's episode. I'm so glad. I am so glad to see you all. I'm so glad that you guys are here tonight. Um, I'm so glad to see new faces. Um, And I'm so glad you guys are part of our community, are part of our tribe. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, So welcome. Um, So we will continue tonight in this journey that we started a few weeks ago. We'll continue through this journey and tonight we'll be talking week four on the church. And this topic is really close to my heart. Uh, I can talk for hours about the church and why is it important and why is it even important to me. But this, this topic of the church, guys, is, is, is just really close to me uh, because I've devoted my life uh, for the church. Uh, I've got over two decades of serving God and I love the church. I really love the church. I love what the church is. I love what the, how the church works. And even though it's dysfunctional sometimes, and even though there's issues within the church, I, I love how God uses the church to bring hope to the world. And I strongly believe that. I, I believe the local church is the hope of the world. I believe that the local church has the power to change so many things in our community. And so as, as we see tonight and how, you know, I see this big need of the church, of the local church, because I see this broken world. The church is so important because I see this broken world that needs to know what the church is about. And you know, we're going to look in Romans, and that's going to be one of our first passages. And so if you have your Bibles, please open your book in Romans, Romans 3, verses 10 through 18. Uh, if, if you brought your Bibles, that's amazing. I love, I love to see how you guys are responding. Uh, if you don't, we're going to have it here shortly on the screen. Uh, so if you go through Romans, Romans will be in the New Testament. Or just turn on your phones, that'll be easier. Uh, I promise I'd, I'll, I'll believe you're looking through Scripture, not texting or you know, but Romans is in the New Testament. If, if, if you're going through 2 Thessalonians and you're in Revelation, you probably haven't read your Bible in a while. Uh, you're, you passed it. Just, just, just put a reverse and go back a little bit. Uh, but Romans 3.10 through 18, okay? We're not going to read all the verses, but we're going to look at some of the things that it describes here in Romans. It's actually describing, I believe, people not only within the church but people around our community people that are going through these things and that's why we need for us to know why we exist see we've been in this series called the creed and what we believe matters and so what you believe about church matters 
because there are so many ideas about the church. There's so many there's so many ideas of why the church should exist and what should it look like and what should a church have and, you know, what kind of music and what kind of, of preaching and what kind of activities. But when you strip everything away, what do you have? And that's what I want to kind of go through because there are so many people that look at church, but they don't have a good idea. See, and we're going to read Romans 3, but I believe that God never called us to grow a building or grow just in numbers or people. He told, actually, he called us to build people. So it's not just a building, but he called us to reach and grow people. It says, go make disciples of all nations. So he's calling us to build people, not just having a crowded room. And I love to see you guys here. And actually, this has been one of our biggest attendants of the year. And I'm glad to see that. But what I care more about when we talk about the church is how much are we growing individually? Are you going in depth with the things of God? Because that's really what it comes down to. And if we're not you know, united, as we're talking about here, you know, uh, our, our youth group and just this, 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 this ministry, if we're not united, if we're not together, if we're not one, then we can't see God move. And why would church be important? is because we start seeing this, like I said, this description in Romans and this description of people in this broken world, in this, in this hurting world, is not only people outside, but it's even here. See, Romans 3.10 says, as it is written, there's four, there is no righteous, not even one. Verse 11, there is no one who understands. There's very few people that understand the things of God people in the church and outside the church. You ask people that go to church every Sunday, why do you go? And they'll give you many reasons. What do you believe in God? And they'll tell you many reasons. People don't understand why they're here and why the church exists. We keep on reading and it says, there is no one who seeks God. There's people that come to church because they were told to. They come to church because their parents dragged them to. They come to church because mom and dad said, hey, you're not staying home and I don't care what you do. Even if you don't pay attention, just go to church and sit there. People don't seek God anymore. Verse 12, all have turned away. There's people with, even within the community of God that are constantly turning away from God. They have Together become worthless. And then we look at continuous. Says, there is no one who does good. Not even one. Their throats, says, are open graves. They're dead inside. The poison of vipers are in their lips. We gossip. We destroy people. We curse at people, and that's what verse 14 says. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Verse 16, ruin and misery mark their ways. And the way of peace they do not know. And this is what struck me, was there is no fear of God in their eyes. 
And again, this is a description of people all around us. This is a description, and, 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 and I don't know about you, but as I was reading this over and over and over and over during this week, it broke me. It broke my heart. See, when we hear things like this, you can do and have two attitudes. One, you can go, I don't care. Or it can really start messing with your mind. And I pray and I hope that you by reading this and knowing there's people that are living this way and they could be sitting in back of you, they can be sitting in front of you, they can be sitting next to you. Does that break your heart to know that people don't fear God anymore? Does that break you that there's churches in every corner yet our world is the same? There's no impact There is no transformation. Nothing is changing. You can see the evil in this world. I can see the evil in this world. You can see people being depressed. I can see people being depressed. So why does a church exist? Why does it matter if I go to church if things don't change? Have you received, like, really bad news ever in your life? That that kind of news that kind of hits your gut, takes that breath out of you? Have you ever received any news that just kind of, they, they pull the rug under you and then you never saw it coming? And you don't know what to do, you don't know what to say, you don't know how to act, you don't know, you, you, you just sit there kind of dwelling in these news thinking, just about everything or nothing. You have no emotion, but just to start crying. Thinking, can it get any worse than it does? And I read this verse thinking there's people around me that are gonna go to hell and I'm playing church. Does it break me to know people are hurting? Does it break me to know people are in sin? And I have the answer and you have the answer. You know about God, you know about Jesus, you know about his faithfulness, you know how loving he is, you know he died on the cross, you know you have the answer, yet we're so scared to tell people that Jesus is alive. What happened to the church? See, Nehemiah saw something. Nehemiah was one of these men that he reacted the way we should react. There's an issue, there's a problem when, when there's so many churches around. See, think about this. Look at Nehemiah. Look at this book in the Old Testament, Nehemiah verse 1. I mean, chapter 1. We're going to look at verse 4. See, this is the kind of thing that we're going to look at a verse and then go back to the other verse. So we're going to look at verse 4, then we're going to go back to verse 2. Because we're going to look at the way he responded at the worst news possible. 
that this is how we should act as we hear people crying and voicing out about, is there a God? Is there a place where I can feel loved? Is there a place where I can belong? Is there a place that can accept me? Is there a place that can restore me? Is there a place that can love me? Is there a place, a community that would, that would come around me and, 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 and love me and walk with me and not judge me? I mean, is there a place? Could there be a place? People are yearning to see God. People are yearning to know about God. The church is the answer. The church is the answer. And we look at Nehemiah. We says, when he heard these things, verse 4, when he heard these things, he said, I sat down and wept. I couldn't react any other way than to cry. My heart broke. He says, for some days I mourned. Not just one day, some days. He would cry. I fasted and prayed before God of heaven. It broke my heart, Nehemiah said. It tore me apart. I couldn't go on. I couldn't ignore it. I couldn't ignore people crying. I couldn't ignore people being in pain. I couldn't ignore the sin. I couldn't ignore just people going to bed thinking that God doesn't exist because they might not wake up tomorrow. He said it broke me. I cried, I mourned. I just sat down when I got those news, he said. I just, right there, I just fell to the floor and I cried and cried like a baby. Do we cry for people that are lost? Do we mourn for people that are far away from Jesus? So, what was these news? Well, we go back to verse 2. Towards the end of the verse, he says, I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. So there are some people coming from Jerusalem to visit Nehemiah. Three things right here, guys, in these verses two and three. That he questioned the people, the remnant, that's the church. So he questioned about people. How is the church in Jerusalem? Survived the exile. They went through slavery. They were in captivity. They were hurt. Their, 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 their self-esteem was to the floor. Why? Because Jerusalem. And we look, we look at verse 3 and it says, They were in great trouble. And in disgrace, because the wall of Jerusalem is broken down and the gates were burned with fire. You can say, what does that mean? That means that the church was destroyed, not only physically, because Jerusalem, again, that was the church in the Old Testament. That was, that was where God dwelled. So the church was destroyed, not only physically, because they had burned it down through exile and during, you know, during the you know, they, they came and they, and they conquered Jerusalem and they took them to slavery, but also emotionally. Why? Because as they saw their church broken down, themselves were lost. So the church was broken in two ways, physically and internally. 
They didn't feel like moving forward. They didn't see themselves as the, the people of God. They didn't see themselves as the hope. And they were. They were. This man broke. This man suffered because the church was a disgrace. People have so many thoughts and ideas about today's church. They think nothing about the church, that the church is not relevant to their lives. The church has no power. The church, who cares if I go to church or not? They don't, they don't, they don't care about God. The church is just spending my, wasting my time. They just want my money. They just, they just they don't care about you. I mean, they, people have so many, so many ideas about what church is. This world has, has, has torn apart the image of church. But I love what verse 11 says because this gives me hope. And look all the way at the end. What is the last sentence of that verse? I was a cupbearer to the king. Nehemiah wasn't a priest. He wasn't a leader within the Jewish community. He wasn't even near Jerusalem. He wasn't a prophet. He wasn't nothing. He had a regular job. But what happened in Nehemiah's heart was that he couldn't stand seeing the church in ruin. He couldn't stand on the sideline and ignore people, God's people. He couldn't look away anymore. He couldn't pretend that everything was going to be okay. He was just normal with the job. What I love about it is that the church becomes you and me. And we need you to be part of this, to become the church. Why is it so important? And I want to camp on this question the resting of my time, is why church matters. Why does it matter? You know why? Because there are 4,000 churches that closed last year here in the U.S. And... Lifeway made this, this, they surveyed 1,500 a, a pastors. And out of 1,500 pastors, the survey said that 3,000 pastors left ministry before the year was over. That's 250 pastors that abandoned churches a month. Now, you can say, Again, why does it, this matter? So let me say it this way. What would happen if tonight would be the last time we open doors in this place? Let me rephrase it this way. What would happen if tonight we would tell you there's no more church in this place? Would anybody care around us? Would this community 
be knocking. Next Sunday going, please, don't close their doors. There is no way you can close their doors. Or would they not even care? Or would they not even notice? Would our community suffer because there isn't a remnant that gathers here anymore? So let me say it this way. You've been lost. I've been lost. I'm bad at directions. My phone even, you know, lose. I go to work. I've been going to the same job for five years, and I still Google it how to get to my job. I'm, lo- I'm bad at directions. Every Sunday morning, I Google how to get here. I'm bad at directions. I'm not kidding you. But what would happen if you're looking for this church and you would ask anybody on the corner of this street and ask them, hey, I'm looking for Buena Vista Iglesia de Cristo. Can you tell me what it is? Would they tell you? Would they go, I know exactly where their church is because it's so live. Because God is so present in that place. Would they know? where the church is located, a random stranger. See why the church matters? It's because your answer towards this, cre- towards this question will change everything. Why does church matter to you? Why? why, why does it matter to you? And some people answer from pain, out of hurt. If you've been in church long enough, you'll go, hey, well, the church treated me this way. Well, I had real bad experience. And people start relating your bad experiences to church. And I wish I can tell you that I, I always loved church. I wish I can tell you that there was a time where I never doubted and I loved coming every, every Sunday to church. I grew up in a church where we went to church just like this. Sunday morning, we had Sunday school. We had Sunday night, we had Friday youth, we had uh, well, you know, midweek Bible studies, we had cell groups, cellulas, all over the place. And I wish I can tell you that I love church because, but that's not the story. We all, had, all have experiences, but why does church matter? Because God chose the church to be the light of the world. Because church doesn't belong to you or to me. Because the last thing that I read in the scripture is that Jesus died for the church. And if it meant so much for Jesus to die and shed his blood for the church, who am I to judge? Who am I not to be part of a community that God designed? Because church was always his answer for the hope of the world. Church was always God's answer and for the hope of the world. Because we see the tabernacle in the Old Testament. That's a shadow of the church. We see the temple in the Old Testament as a shadow of the church. We see the disciples, the, that, that close community that Jesus had, and then the 150 in the upper room that is a shadow of the church. And then we see the Acts church in Acts 2 where God developed this this this. This, this ecclesia, this, this group of people that were so desired to live in the will of God, that so desired to be filled with the Holy Spirit, that only that was the answer. 
that was built around one thing, love. Love. Guys, I want belong to a church that the community around us could not bear to see our, clo- our doors close because they see what's happening in this place. And I want for this to be built on love. I want people to see love when the people walk in here to see and feel love and accept it and they belong. They belong. A place where we can belong. Because I believe the church is the hope of the world. But the only way we can do that, the only way we can do that is kind of looking at this passage in 1 Thessalonians. Because I love the way Paul writes. And as we describe, and I'll give you time to kind of look and find the passage in 1 Thessalonians. We're all going to look at one verse, 1 and 2, actually, as we close. But, like I said, why church matters is because I wish I can tell you that there was a time, even me as a pastor, when I first started, I grew up in a church very... Uh, old-fashioned, and I ran away from that structure, and I said, man, you know what? I am not, I'm going to start building churches that does not look like that. So we did, and for a certain amount of years in our ministry, we developed church to give them the gospel, not, but not the drama of the church, right? To give them the gospel, but not all these things that create the church. But through that good intention, it was never God's plan. Because when that happens, you start developing people that say, I'm all about Jesus, but I hate the church. And you can't do that. That's not biblical. That's not what the Bible says. We need to have community. We need to have a place where we can come and gather and worship. And even though we had good intentions of trying to keep people pure, I have forgotten how Jesus, and again, this belongs to him. He is, he is the head of the church, as Ephesians says. And in Ephesians, it gives this, this comparison of the church as in this marriage And he says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church that gave himself for her. So he's saying, I die for it. It belongs to God. It doesn't belong to me. And I try to save people from the damage of church. But it doesn't work that way because we need community. It was a time where God just hit, just touched my heart and it broke me. And I understood that community was so important. Community was God's design since the beginning. So when we start seeing here in 1 Thessalonians, Paul writes this, and it's amazing because he starts by saying, Paul, Silas, and Timothy. 
to the church of Thessalonica. It says, Paul, Silas, and Timothy. Paul, Silas, and Timothy. He's giving credit to other people. He's saying, and we're going to read verse 2 and says, we always thank God for all of you. We constantly mention you in our, in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father, your work produces by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, we, 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 us, us, us. Why is it so important? Because church, when it starts becoming more about us and we, and we leave the I to outside, is we st start allowing God to do great things among us. See, when church starts changing to the we, is we allow people to belong. It's not about I, it's not just my needs, it's our needs. See, God does something in community. That's why we've talked about last series, your tribe, finding your people, finding that place where you belong. Why? Because God works in community. Paul could have, Paul alone could have said, hey, church, I'm Paul. Bam. That's it. That's all you need. He didn't need to add Silas and Timothy. Who are they? No one that compares to Paul. Paul's a big guy. Paul's a big dog. He, he, he's a kind of guy that stands alone by himself. Paul wrote one-third of the New Testament. Paul overturned Roman Empire by his preaching. Paul penetrated the Roman Empire when he was in prison. He preached. He was outside. He preached. He said, you want to be, let me tell you about my, have you read the testimony of Paul? Shipwrecked, being more than any other disciple, being persecuted. You read his testimony? Oh my goodness. He suffered. Yet he adds Silas and Timothy because it's not about him. The important thing why church matters is because people need to belong. It's not just about me. It's not coming to this place thinking, God, save me. No, it's God, sa God save us all. I'm broken, I'm hurting, but it's not just about me. There's people next to me that are hurting and broken. And let me tell you, God, I know you're going to answer me. You know what? Maybe you won't, but you know what I can endure, and you know how strong I am, or you know how weak I am, but you won't give me more than what I can bear. But meanwhile, you have me in your hands. I pray for the person next to me. Why? Because I love them. Why? Because it's not about me. It's about we. It's not about my personal gain. It's about allowing God to work through us all. There's things that I'm good at, and there's a lot of things I'm not good at. I'm not fun. And I was telling, we just told that to the, uh, to the counselors in our meeting today. I lack fun. There's a lot more people that 
love and are more fun than I am. There's a lot of weaknesses in me, but there's a lot of strengths also in me. And I'm not perfect, but I'm not the same man that I was yesterday. And I'm growing, and God's humbling me, but he's also showing me that I need to stop thinking about myself. Church is not about me, what I like, what I dislike. I didn't like that service. I didn't like that sermon. I didn't like that worship. It's not about me. It's about people that are hurting. It's about God's plan for our community. It's amazing how when we see God, Jesus talk to his disciples and gives them this, this commission about changing the world, starting the church, he says, Jerusalem. The smallest thing that Jesus' mind says, you have the capacity to reach Jerusalem. You and I freak out how to reach my neighbor. Forget your neighbor. Your friends. Maybe you don't even know your neighbor. Your friends. Forget your friends. Your family. Forget your family. Your, 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 your boyfriend, girl, the person that you are around with, your brother and sister, your cousin, people that you say, I love you. No, you don't if you don't inspire them to belong to the local church. You don't love them. Because here, God does miracles. See, God's everywhere. But even though he was everywhere in the Old Testament, he desired to be inside a tabernacle where people will go meet him. The New Testament, you're the church. He says, I want to dwell in you. I want to be with you. I want to love you. So even though God works and he loves you, there are certain promises that he does corporately. He saves you, redeems you. He forgives you of all your sins. But when you miss out of the local church, you miss out of a huge blessing of being used by God to change your city. You can't change your city by yourself. And you're going to sit there, as I did for many years, asking God, do great things in my life. And I prayed and I prayed, God, you know what? They don't want to do it. They don't want to come. They don't want to obey. They don't want to listen. They don't put so many obstacles. And I pray, 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 pray until God humbled me and said, it's not about you, Jerry. It's not about you. It's about we. And when we start thinking the miracles that God can do together, that's why he sent people, his disciples, two by two into the city. And that's why he told those people, 150, to sit in that upper room and wait for the Holy Spirit to come. He didn't say, hey, you know what, Peter? Nah, not you, man. You know what, Thomas, man, you don't even do anything, man. Get out of here. You're always doubting, dude. You don't, you don't even want to be here, so get out. He says, go and wait. Together. Your doubts will be my doubts, and we're going to work it out together.
When you cry, we cry. We'll do it together. When God blesses you, man, I'll be happy. We'll do it together. Is this sense of community? Is this sense of togetherness? But one of the reasons I believe that holds us back is because we come to church expecting God to do great things rather than becoming a tribe that becomes a church that God does great things with. We're expecting God to show up here. All right, God, do something. God's already with you. And if you have accepted him in your heart, the Holy Spirit's right there. We just have to pray for each other as one. We have to have patience for each other. We have to build each other. Why church matters? Because there's power. There's power that comes when a group of people pray. That's why in the Bible it says whether two or three gather in my name, I'm there. It doesn't say when, if you just pray by yourself, he, God will be there. But there's certain promises, church, that can only happen when we gather with one mindset. That's only Jesus. With one mindset of saying, God, I know you've done it all for me. You've given it all for me. You died on the cross for my sins. You'll come back one day and pick me up. And that's why it says he's coming back for his church. This bride with no stains, with no wrinkle. It's a group of people. When he comes back, he's coming back for a community of remnant, this remnant of people that are so devoted to God. I will pray, and as we close, I want to pray that you can join what God is doing in this place. If there is only me, I'll be talking to an empty room. If there's a we, God will do so much more. He has placed you around people that only you know, that only you would impact, that only you can reach. There's things that happens when we leave the eye aside we can allow God to work. So I want to pray for you tonight. And we'll give the same invitation we always give. You want to give your life to Christ? Tonight's the night to do it. Don't leave out of this place without asking God to come into your heart. Or maybe you're coming back and saying, man, I haven't done anything in my life because I've thought about church, about me, how it hasn't supplied my need. And maybe tonight you're like, like Nehemiah that says, man, just by hearing that people are broken around me, it broke my heart. I want to be part of God's movement in this world. And tonight you're saying, I commit to the local church. Broken? Yes. With errors? 
Yes, because that's how humans are. We messed up things. I don't think the person that in, intended or created the airplane thought that people would argue and hate traveling. He intended for it to be of a blessing, to make life easier. But you travel and you're sitting through those lines, people don't look happy. Have you ever waited in the airport, just sitting there, you're like, people are mad. They're hungry, like, don't even look at me, right? People are always, how come this line not moving fast enough, right? There's old, but the person that intended and created this airplane didn't never intend, never thought people, it, he created to make life easier. God created the church to be the hope of the world. And we come in here griping, it's too long. I gotta go home. I wasted my time. Why do I have to be here? So boring. Guy screaming at me. He's yelling. I'm tired. I'm done. And God says, I just wanna meet you. I created to have this intimate relationship with you. Where broken people can come and be restored. Where you can come to a place where you don't have to have it all together to be here. Where you don't have to say, hey, I got all the answers to be here. So I wanna pray for you, because maybe tonight you're saying, man, I wanna make a commitment to God in the local church to become one. Put my doubts aside, God, use me tonight. So we're going to sing a song, and basically more this song is just for us to just let God speak. We have a song? Awesome. Can you guys stand up? We're going we're gonna, to, I'm going to pray before we sing this song. And if tonight you're thinking, man, God, I, I really need you, then we want to ask you to raise your hand. We'll pray for you. There's some counselors here around the room. Ugo, Sada, he's in the back, myself. Just raise your hand. Or if you want to come to the front, just come. We'll pray for you here. Or if you want to go to the side, we'll pray for you there. But whatever decision you make tonight, we want to do it for you. And we're going to do something, church, okay? If you see anybody raising their hand or anybody of the counselors walking towards somebody, if you're okay, you're like, man, Jerry, man, I'm blessed then what I want you to do one thing for me tonight. If you're like, man, you know, Jerry, I don't need prayer because God's real blessed me. Then, then, then I want you to do one thing, okay? I want you to celebrate for somebody that is raising their hand because we are here for one another. Somebody's asking for prayer, making a bigger commitment, getting more, just God use me, and you see somebody, we're, we're praying for someone, that's awesome. Man, thank you, God. Hey, use them. We're good? So if you're okay, and God, you've been blessed, and you don't, you're not going to ask for prayer tonight, celebrate the people that are going to make that commitment because we are here for one another. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, tonight, as we hear this song, we want you to build the church. It's not the way I want it. It's not the way I want. It's not the way I want it to look. 
is not the way somebody told me a church should look like. It's what you say in scripture. It's, 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 it's how you described it. It's what you died for. It's the things that you said that needed to happen in this place. We want to go back to what you said. What you commanded us. And as we looked at other weeks, we believe in your holy scripture. I don't have to question you, Lord. I just have to obey. So tonight, God, if somebody's making a decision, if somebody's saying, God, you know what? This whole church thing, I've had my experience. It's never been a good one. Please humble their heart so they can hear and see you move greatly in this place. We can't change the past. And before we make one more step, I just want to say, if anyone's been hurt, I'm sorry. God, please forgive us as a church if we've harmed someone. Me as part of a ministry here, I want to say, Lord, I'm sorry if we have hurt someone. But today's a new day. Today is a day where you make new things. It's a new chapter of this ministry and this church. We want to move forward. So God, please touch our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.